You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network. Around the world and coast to coast, this is the Phil Nason Show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes. We're going to talk a little NBA basketball. First, let me clean up some business first. Big shout out to Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring this show. You can hit the links at philnasonshow.com and get great deals and enjoy it. And help me out, too. Put some cash in the pocket of the Flash. I like this. We also want to thank Maximum Sports Channels, the 405 Media, Armed Forces Radio, and dozens of others for airing the show daily. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. We're also on Google Play. Tune in. We are on Sirius. Everywhere where you can find this podcast, anywhere it's caught, this one will be there. All you have to do is subscribe. Let me tell you, I have a great show, but I want to ask a question before I introduce my next guest. What do Russell Westbrook, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Mike Connolly, and John Wall all have in common? Well, they have higher player efficiency ratings than Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Joining me to discuss this and much more, please welcome from rotowire.com, Alex Reclean, you are in the house. What's happening, dude? Hey, man, good to be here. It's great to have you here, and I only did it on one take today. Can you believe that? <laughs> only took like three or four last time. Well, of course, it always does, because it takes a minute. You know, when you're recording these things, it takes a minute. It's different than live radio. There's no pressure to get it right, so to speak, right off the bat. But the content is always good. But I put up a thing on Facebook. Well, you saw it. And anyway, I was mm-hmm. just kind of fishing because, as you know, I do that from time to time just to see what will happen. I guess the young people call it trolling. I just <laughs> wanted to find out what's happening and what people thought before I decided to write something or even talk about it. I'm going to write about this, too. How in the world, and, and my statement was, the Cavs would be a lottery team without LeBron James because they don't have anyone else. No superstars, essentially. And I named Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and said they're not superstars. They couldn't carry this team, and in fact, they would be a lottery team without LeBron James. And then a whole bunch of folks chimed in, good friends of mine too, and I don't care what they think. Uh, I have a different opinion. Now, what do you think about all that Kyrie Irving is a superstar talk before we get into why he's not? Uh, he's. I mean, if this... If the word superstar is has any meaning at all, then Kyrie Irving is just not one of them. No. Um, it, we, um, I, I think it went a little far saying the Cavs would be a lottery team. They might be a lottery team, but I feel like, I mean, they'd at least be competitive for the final playoff spots. Um, but if we have the term superstar as meaning something different from star then sorry Kyrie's not it no Um, he's not he's not he's certainly not a top five player I don't think he's a top 10 player when you and I last discussed top 10 players you didn't have him as a top 10 player no I think I think he's probably in the 15 to 20 range um which is a really good player and I would love to have a player that good on my team but 15 to 20 people 
why are we giving all of them superstar? Why can't we just use the word star? The word superstar becomes meaningless if everyone's a superstar. You know, it's the sort of everyone gets a trophy type of thing. If everyone has a trophy, you know, no one does. If we're all superheroes, no one is. Um, to quote Mister Mister Incredible, right? Or the Incredibles, I guess. I was like the movie. It. Um, and, and Kyrie, again, you know, as we talked about on Facebook, he's not a top three point guard. He's not a top 10 player. That's not a superstar. I just named seven players who have higher player efficiency ratings than he does. But here's, but here's the funny thing though. At his position. You named seven players at his position, not just seven players overall. There's 20 players overall better, maybe even more. I only stopped at 20 because that basically proves my point. But uh, here, you want to hear something else. In the NBA, Kyrie Irving is ninth in usage, fourth highest among point guards, and yet he doesn't even get anywhere near what those other guys have accomplished. And he's a superstar? And and for those of you who aren't, you know, big stat nerds, stat nerds PER gives a, a big reward to high usage players. Um, it's <laughs> it's hard to have it's hard to have a good PER at a low usage rate. And unless so the you're fact hor- that unless is, you're not consistent, right? And so the fact that he is that has that high of a PER and that or that high of a usage and that low of a PER is more meaningful than just the fact that he has a low lower PER on its own. And that's why um, I included that. Now, with yeah. my lottery thing, though, well, you knew that I was going to do this. We've worked together for years. Right. Yeah, anyhow, you know, when I talk about lottery teams, see, I expect those two guys, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, to miss several games, too, due to injury. Now I, They I, have almost every year of their careers. Well, of course. That's why I would say they're a lottery team, because it would be that way. I mean, LeBron James is the star of that team. He is a superstar. You know, my list of superstars is awfully small, actually. I have Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, because a triple-double means something. Average at whole, for a whole season, most people couldn't even do that yeah. in their church league. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, unanimous MVP, no less. LeBron James, because he's the king. Let's face it. Dirk Nowitzki, because, well, he's a superstar. He's an international star. And Dwayne Wade, even though he's on a decline, once you become a superstar, you don't lose it. That's in my I opinion. agree with that. I, fi- I agree. If once you become a superstar, especially if you hold that title for a couple of years, um, you you keep it. So keep CP3, it. CP3 is a superstar. Okay. Even if you think he's starting to decline, he was the best point guard in the league for eight seasons. I he mean, he still is. Yeah, he, he's. I I have care. I have Curry ahead of him. Okay, his real plus minus is way higher than anybody else in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I mean, CP3 is still an incredible player. I take him um, over. Ka- Ka- I take him over Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Oh, of course. So would LeBron, by the way. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll get into that in the summer after if the Cavs lose, <laughs> that banana boat thing could be real. <laughs> that rumor that could end up being real. That would be fun. That would be I would great. But I don't. But here's the thing, I would though. Enjoy that. I love watching Kyrie Irving play. Don't get me wrong; he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But he's not a superstar. Not even close. Even Matt Moore That's... from CBS Sports, he has him as a third tier. He says, "Why? Because he had a couple big games." In the playoffs, what about the entire season? What about the entire body of work? 
this season alone. I mean, I just named seven point guards who had a higher player efficiency rating, and none of those guys, well, only a couple of those guys, let's see, were on this top 20 list. Russell Westbrook, of course, he's like the leader of usage. Isaiah Thomas, Damian Lillard were all higher than him in usage, yet all those other guys had a higher per. What does that tell you? And not these and these guys aren't exactly defensive wonderkins either. It tells you that he's just not that guy. Right. And and I mean he's a ton of fun to watch and, and he's a great fun. player. We're not we're not sit up here trying to say to trying to knock Kyrie Irving. It's just that the hype has gone too far and the abuse of the word superstar has gone too far. Way too um, far. Way too far. I, Bravo. Do you call do you call Giannis a superstar? He will be. He almost averaged a triple double himself this year quietly. Yeah, I I I call him a superstar just because it's it's inevitable. Yes. Hey, so much would have to go wrong for him not to be a superstar over the next several years. Um I, that even I, if even if he's not quite there yet, he, you know, it, it, it he, he's going to be there. I, I still remember the first time I saw him play in Greece. <laughs> I told, I've told this story a million times. You probably heard it. Yeah. I went there and watched cuz I was covering the uh Greek national team. And I remember mm-hmm. going because there was a lot of talk about Thanasis, his older brother. And they yeah. came to Corfu, and this is a Division II professional league game, which is equivalent to probably a really good AAU. Um, they're just probably more fundamentally sound is all. And anyhow, mm-hmm. I see this, these two tall black kids, and it's not hard to spot them in the second division because that's probably all there is, is these mm-hmm. young two young black kids. And I saw this young skinny kid, really all arms and legs, and he was just awkward as hell. And I thought to myself, this kid, if he ever learns how to walk right and run right, he'd be pretty good because there was a couple times when he got in the open floor and did some damage. And I thought he was fantastic. I remember telling Kyle McEwen about it. And next thing you know, the Bucks draft him number 14. I thought, what in the hell do they do? And apparently they know more than I do. And yeah. they saw something that I didn't. I mean, I saw the talent. It was it's undeniable. Yeah. But I'm thinking, wow, and, first round in the NBA. <laughs> Woo. And and he's not looking so skinny anymore. Those arms are getting pretty big. He's getting uh, big. That, he's I I'm 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 more excited about Giannis than I am about like about anything. I'm more excited about Giannis than these NBA finals, although I, I'm very much looking forward to these NBA finals. Oh, wait till he gets his chance to play for the Greek national team. <laughs> He's going to be fun. It'll be fun watching him play in the World Basketball Championships. He'll finally let him play <laughs> now that he's better than all those guys. But, uh, again, you know, people think that just because you're critical of some uh, tiers that they haven't climbed to yet, that you're a hater, and that's just not true. And, you know, what are you talking about? How can you be that? How can you be so stupid? And I'm not stupid at all. I know more about basketball than I let on sometimes. And one thing I can tell you is I understand what stats mean. And I don't go completely by stats. I look at the eye test, too. There are nights when Kyrie just disappears. Now, maybe yeah. if he was on a different team, maybe he could reach that. Probably not, though, because he wasn't really there when he uh, was the only before, player on that team. Yeah, the only – I mean, the counterpoint to that is that he was only, you know, 22 years old. And, and you know, there is some – he does deserve some allowance for that. Yeah, I, I give him that. I there is a chance that Kyrie Irving becomes a superstar 
It is not out of the question. He is one of the best offensive players in the league. Um, he, it, watching him, especially when he is on, just like light up a, a defense and take advantage of some of these mismatched defenders is one of the more fun things you can, you can see in a, in, in a game. Um, there's a chance he gets there, but he's not there yet. And I don't see, and he's not one year away. It's not, he's not Giannis who will be an undeniable superstar next season. Kyrie could get there eventually, but he's not there now. You know, that's a good point too. And that's something that we shouldn't take for granted either. He's still got a lot of room to grow. He also has an injury history that we have to also he's keep in mind. He's only 25. Yeah, exactly. Give him a break. You put See, this is one of my biggest things. This is my big gripe about Brad Stevens, too, is that they had put these guys on these pedestals that they just can't achieve. I mean, they, they place them at levels they don't belong, and then, of course, they don't get there, and guys like me tear it apart. You know, They set up straw men. In, in debate, Those that's called intellectual dishonesty, a logical fallacy. You put, they put these guys on these tiers and anoint them before their time. Tennis is even worse. But mm. look, man, Kyrie I like a lot. I'm going to yeah. enjoy watching this uh, finals because I think Kyrie has something for these guys. I don't also, know if it's going to be enough. Go ahead. Um, an important thing on Kyrie's behalf, um, one of the top five beards in the league, uh, very few people have a better beard than Kyrie. Well, there you go. He, he's definitely a Metro, and that's a good <laughs> thing. There's no doubt about it. But see, there you go. He's in the top five there. No question. He beat, oh, yeah. He destroys Steph Curry when it comes to beard. Destroys Steph Curry. Steph Curry has a, a Texas beard, you know, a lot of holes in it. But he doesn't <laughs> have that many holes in his game. And Brad Stevens, no. dude, you were going to ask me if my opinion changed. Remember last time you were here, we were talking oh, yeah. about Brad yeah, Stevens? Have, have you come, come along on Brad Stevens a little? A, a little bit, yeah. I, I've taken him out of my top, my bottom 10 now. <laughs> How generous! Now he's he's in the top fifteen. That's a big As jump. He should be. I mean, I that is a big the, jump. He should I have had him at twenty nine next to Tyron next to Tyron Lue. But <laughs> I had him ahead of Tyron Lue. It's not fair to have Tyron Lue as the worst coach in the league. I, I'm okay with making a list of twenty nine and keeping Tyron Lue off of it. Okay, I did that. Really, I, I, it's LeBron James is the coach. If you right. remember, so so I don't mind. I don't mind keeping Tyron Lue off your list of He's coaches. He's a clown, man. He is something. But boy. putting him last seems unfair. Oh, right. Just leave him know. off. I, yeah, I don't know how good of a coach Tyron Lue is. How how would we know? Well, there's no way to know because LeBron James is the coach. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you've ever watched a game like up close or ever gone to a shoot around like I have, you'll know who the coach is of that team. It's very obvious. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, even exactly. it's not even uh, close. But fans aren't right. entitled to those uh, observations, and that's something that you know they forget too. Is that we have the ability to see these guys at a different level in a different light than they do. And I get why so Cleveland stop Brooks is a top ten coach. Yeah, I still have him there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. You know what? I'll, I'm going to revisit my list when I write my book. So bad. I like especially in the most important games. He manages his rotation so poorly in in a way that just does damage to his team. They should have um, beat Boston this year. I uh, I mean, 
Yeah, if it weren't for Brad Stevens, they probably would have. If it wasn't for uh, Kelly Olynyk, they would have. Um, I I mean, though, Brandon Jennings looked terrible and kept getting minutes. <clears throat> kept wondering, you know, why Kelly Oubre wasn't playing more. Um, the rotations during that during that during that series, I think, did a lot of damage to the Warriors and. You mean the Wizards? Isn't, or the Wizards, yeah, sorry. And we'll Stop talk about the Warriors in a minute. I think they're the yeah. same. <laughs> um, I, I think that I think that Scott Brooks obviously deserves a lot of credit for a year ago this time we were talking about Ken John Wattall and Bradley Beal even stands to be in the same room together. Um, and now they seem happy as a clam. Um, you know, they for all we know they're planning banana boat trip part two. Who knows? Um, I, I, they seem as happy as can be. That team did great. Uh, Otto Porter finally realized the the potential that led to him being drafted third. Granted, in a weak draft, but still drafted third. Um, you know, Scott Brooks deserves a lot of credit for that kind of player development and and that kind of team cohesion. But if you can't put the right players on the floor when the games matter most. That's a as big a knock against your ability to coach as there is. Yeah, but you know what though, no one expected Kelly Olynyk to do what he did in Game Seven, and that's that's part you know it's part coaching, part putting the right player in, but hoping that they do well. It's still up to the player to perform, and, and this was one of those things, you know. But I remember at the beginning of the season when Washington started out very slow, and a lot of people were thinking, oh, it's Brooks again. One of the things though that guys like Scott Brooks. You know, ex-NBA guys are guilty of this. Lionel Hollins used to do this all the time in Memphis. Is they refuse to play these young guys when it matters. Like Kelly Oubre, for example. They just refuse to do that. And I don't know for the life of me why they do that. Maybe it's because it happened to them when they were young in the NBA. Who knows? But, yeah, I see your point. I'm going to revisit that list. I'm going to write a fantasy basketball book. I think I told you I was going to do that. And I, I'm going to rank the coaches again a little, a little more uh, geared toward a fantasy sports rankings, you know, instead of my little fun over at Peachtree Hoops that I have every week. And we're right, gonna, right. I'm going to have a little fun on Friday with this. I have my top ten non-superstar list, and I think it'll be very enjoyable and highly debatable, more than likely. But yeah, it's time to. Oh, you know how it's going to be. It's always that way. That's why I put that thing out like I did the other day. I was just trying to see because I'm always thinking ahead or trying to. But back to Brad Stevens, you know something? Yeah, he. I, I might be a little too tongue-in-cheek, but I think I explained it earlier. When you place these guys on these pedestals that they haven't earned yet, you, you leave a lot of room for guys like me to just criticize the crap out of them, and that's probably what I do. I'm sure Brian Scalabrini will give me a lot of shit this summer about it, and that's okay too. But Brad Stevens did a fine job. When all things are considered, all he had really on that team, he has some really good young players, and I think that he's had a hand in their development. I don't think he's wholly done so. I think he also has a very good staff of ex-players who know what they're doing, and I think that that's important too. And I think that it's going to be very interesting what happens with that number one pick, what Danny Ainge finally decides to do. I would really like to see Brad Stevens get somebody besides Isaiah Thomas in there and see what he does managing a superstar's ego or a soon-to-be superstar or maybe a never-superstar, someone like a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler. 
Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, by the way, speaking of not a superstar, um, great player, not a superstar. No, Paul uh, George Paul, isn't pa- either. Uh, Paul George is closer, though. But, yeah, I agree, Paul George isn't either. Well, um, he is closer. I have a lot of guys close, but that's the whole point of being a superstar. You just, you're there. It doesn't right. mean you're not any good. The 15th right, man exactly. on the NBA bench is more successful than most people are. And oh, yeah. even though he doesn't get to play or, or, or produce, doesn't mean that he can't. Just means he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. That happens to guys, but that's enough for this superstar argument. My God, it's <laughs> so interesting. Um, you know the finals are happening. Oh, really? Yeah, Thursday they begin. Yeah, this is this is really the Thursday. First time. I thought it was summer break. It's already been a week since anyone played. Well, soon to be for me. I'm going to Maine and teach tennis, and I'm looking forward to that, boy. I'm so looking forward to that. I need to get yes. out in the woods with the chipmunks. Um, but seriously, this finals is the first time in NBA history there's a rubber match. They've each won yeah. one. That's cool to see. I, You know, there's a lot of hype surrounding this. I predicted the Spurs to be in there because I didn't want the uh, Warriors, and you'll hear why in a minute. But I still think that if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt, the Warriors don't beat the Spurs. I, you know, I thought the Warriors were going to crush the Spurs, and then it was only, you know, three quarters of one game, but the Spurs really came out with a statement saying, we're going to push you, and then Kawhi got hurt and it all fell apart. Um, I, still, I still think the Warriors would have won. I still think it would not have gone seven. You know, maybe it would have gone six. Maybe it would have gone five. Um, but... I think it would have been a highly competitive and exhausting series. Um, and it just wasn't that. So, but I, I still, I do still think the Warriors would have won. But it would have, it, it definitely would have been more interesting than I had initially predicted. Yeah. You know what? You lose two of your best five players or your two of your starters against yeah. a team like Golden State, you're going to have issues. And, yeah. But I'll tell you what, that first half in that about four minutes into that third quarter it was all Kawhi Leonard he tanned their hides all four of those so-called superstars of only which I have one on that team as a superstar Mr. Unreliable no thank you I'll never put him in my superstar list I don't even like when him. he's got a ring next week he's gonna have a ring because he couldn't do it with Russell Westbrook that's like taking a participation medal forget it he should have stayed little bit of a, a little different I can't stand him. But uh, that's a media thing, too. Some folks aren't privy to those things either. But uh, honestly speaking, Las Vegas doesn't give this basketball team, this team meaning the Cleveland Cavaliers, much hope. Now, do you see? how do you see it before we get into the matchups and whatever? What do you think off the top of your head? Where do you see this thing going? I think that it goes – the Warriors win in six, but that if it goes to a game seven, the Cavs win. Okay. Uh, I just because of the King. I do not see LeBron James. I, yeah, I do not see LeBron James losing game seven. Um, I don't care that it's in Golden State. It, he is not just the most incredible physical specimen <laughs> that biology has ever created, um, but he is a brilliant mind definitely as it pertains to basketball although as far as i can tell and as much as i've heard uh you know beyond basketball as well 
and he is so motivated and driven by his legacy. Um, and there is just no way that a man of his abilities and his intelligence and his composure goes into a game seven thinking about his legacy the way that he does um, and loses. It's just, I, I see that as impossible. But I don't think it gets to seven. I think the Warriors are too good for that. Um, and so I think they take it. I think the Warriors understand the risk of allowing it to go to game seven. And I think that they make sure to finish them up in six. That could happen too. I predicted at the beginning of the season that Cleveland would win the championship. So I have to stay with that. I don't know if I would make that same prediction today though, but I don't think you have to stay with it. You, the situations nine months ago are much different than the situations. Now people say this on, especially on TV all the time, you know, I'm sticking with my summer prediction. It's not the summer anymore. People yeah. grow, people change, teams change. Deron Williams was a whiz, was a maverick, um, and you know now he's what the sixth man. I, I, so, some people might criticize you for changing your opinion now that it's here. I think that those people are silly. If you, I'm giving you open, you know, f- free cart. I forget the phrase. You. If you want to change your your position, you can do so now. Go. I still think the Cavs are going to win. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do. I I really do. I think it, I I'm on the same kind of page as you are. If it goes seven games, there's no way LeBron James loses that game. No way in heck. But we'll see. You know. But they have to get there first. Um, there. I could also see the Warriors sweeping them. It's possible. If people don't realize that the defense, they talk about that mythical switch. During the regular season, their uh, defensive efficiency rating, which, again, is something that matters, was yeah. at 110. After the second half, after the All-Star break, they were 29th in the NBA in defensive efficiency. You know, And they talk about this big-time switch and this great defense in the playoffs. That's hogwash, too. Their defensive efficiency is only 109 now, dropped one point. Yeah. When you let a team like Indiana hang 100 on you in consecutive games, and that's no knock against the Pacers, you've got a real issue. When you let a team beat you in game three without their best player, you, and you're in your own barn in the conference finals because you don't yeah. play defense and you lay down, that's an issue. Golden State yeah. hasn't laid down once this season. Yeah. I, um, to respond to a thing you said, I, I think that if it goes seven, the Cavs, the Cavs win. Um, there, the only way that the Cavs would lose a game seven is if literally everyone else was terrible. Um, you know, Kyrie love Tristan, Deron Williams, all of them had the worst game of their playoffs that it is literally possible. I put that at like a 5% chance um, in the Oracle arena too, in the Oracle arena too. That's the thing. See, see, we don't think that negatively of the Cavs at all. No, not at all. I, I just I don't think I don't think I think LeBron James is the same reason that I think the Cavs win if it goes seven. I don't think it's possible that the Warriors sweep. I just you know, maybe it's game four when they're down three nothing, but LeBron James wins a game on his own. Complete completely on his own. Um Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know what so, scares me though? Yeah. is the way Golden State can beat you in six minutes. 
And they, you know, here's the thing. If you're allowing teams like Indiana to hang 100 on you, this is a team that could hang 150 on you. Yeah. They're really, I mean, it's they're a really, really good team. Um, they are loaded. And any other, I, any, any team without LeBron James, I don't, you, you pick a lineup of any play, any group of team players in the league without Kawhi, without LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and put them against the these Warriors, and I might still pick these Warriors. Yeah, uh, but but they have LeBron, and it, LeBron is good for at least one game. And then, you, considering the fact that both of these teams are heavily dependent on the three point shot, um, you know these teams were two two of the top four teams in the league in three-point attempts this season um you know we we the rockets got all the attention for being um for for shooting all the threes and then we all know that the warriors are are you know sharp shooting teams but it was it was the Cavs, the rockets the warriors and the celtics at the top in terms of most attempted um and when you are so dependent on the three one of uh, either of two things can happen. The Warriors can have just a particularly down night where instead of shooting 41%, they shoot, you know, 31%. Um, or the, the, the Cavs can have a game where their shooters just go off and they go 50% from, from three for a quarter and sort of run away with it. So, there's there's a very easy path to the Cavs winning a second game. You know, LeBron gets one, and then shooting anomaly, either Cavs catch fire or Warriors go cold, um, and and that's you know game two for the Cavs. And and now you're already looking. Now you're in a six game series, and if the Cavs can win one more, then you got you've got the King in Game Seven. Yeah, that's tough. You know. You talk about three pointers between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They shot over fourteen hundred of them this season. Just those two. Yeah. Just those two, and Curry led the uh, NBA in three point field goals with three hundred and twenty four. Clay Thompson was second with two hundred and sixty eight. There's not a uh, when it's all said and when it's all said and done, these two are going to be. One and two in all-time three-pointers made, and and uh, I don't know that anyone's going to catch them. And I don't the, think the league should. would need a serious rules shift, um, a, a, another serious rules shift, um, in order for anyone to catch them. They they are going to be one and two, and they're going to be a thousand ahead of this of the next of the next spot. They better back up that line. It doesn't matter with those two. This, this is and this is just it. Look at the backcourt now. You go backcourt to backcourt. You've got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry against J.R. Smith and Kyrie Irving. Now, obviously, Clay Thompson is probably going to guard Kyrie Irving, but mm-hmm. J.R. Smith can't stay with Steph Curry, can he? Um, J.R. Smith, no, no. Um, no, I mean, not at all. I mean, no one can stay with CP3 can stay with Steph Curry because he muscles um, him a little bit. Yeah, but 
there aren't a lot. Mike Conley can stay with Steph Curry, but then, I mean, we're, we're we're talking about you know a list of two or three guys who can stay with Steph. Right. Um, I I th- I mean, when you compare starters to starters, the Warriors have I think a huge edge. Um, I think the the Cavs have the advantage at center. Um, I would rather Tristan than Zaza or than JaVale McGee any day. Um, uh, and, and all those offensive rebounds that Tristan Thompson gets you are really crucial in terms of getting those extra possessions. You're not, you're not beating the Warriors if you guys have the same number of possessions. I, I, I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, you need, I think you need to out-offensive rebounds the Warriors um, or beat them significantly in turnovers in order to to beat them. Uh, power forward, clear advantage to to Draymond Green. You know, no disrespect necessarily meant to Kevin Love, but uh, offensive defense combined, I'd definitely much rather have Draymond Green. Um, as wonderful as Kevin Durant is, and as much as he may be the second or third or fourth best player in the league, he's not the first best player. That's LeBron James. He's Mr. Unreliable is who he is. But the, here's here's what I think. One of the things that you said there, when you said offense, they, the Cavs are going to have to get offensive rebounds. Now, if Kevin Love is out there shooting threes, that takes that away. And right. now, now Tristan Thompson, it's going to be a battle between whoever – is out there, and don't forget they can pump out that line. They call it their death lineup with Iguodala mm-hmm. out there, and now you've mm-hmm. made Draymond Green the five. And I'm afraid to say this. I hate to say this, but if they go small against the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to kick the crap out of them. Probably. I mean, what do you do if you're Cleveland? Okay, you've got Kevin Love at the five. You could probably bring in. You can maybe play two guards with Darren Williams. He plays a little bit of defense. He still does that. He's a much better yeah, defender he's, than Kyrie. He's not. No, he's not a terrible defender. And and I would I would be kind of curious to see how much they do Deron Williams alongside Kyrie. Um, you know, the two of them and LeBron James. You got three point guards on the floor. Right. Um, well, you have two point guards and a gun. um that's why lebron that's why that's why lebron said he wanted a playmaker because kyrie irving makes plays for himself right um and so when you have the three of them out there simultaneously um you can just pick on steph you can whoever steph is guarding is the guy who's you know being the primary ball handler on that play and you might be able to pick off some some points there. Um, I'd like to see some Channing Fry in this. I'd like to see the the Cavs try to maintain a little bit of size while improving their three point shooting. I, I I'd be curious to see how well that works. This is the lineup they use: Kyle Korver, LeBron James, Channing Fry, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. When they put that lineup out there, it does pretty well. Mm-hmm. They can they can at least shoot with those guys. Whether they go in or not is another issue. But at least they can right. maintain that small ball, small ball. That would be a fun little uh, thing to witness. 
I'm telling yeah. you, I'm really looking forward to this series, though, for a lot of reasons. I am too. I I really hope it goes. I hope it's not a sweep. I really. I, but it could I be. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a, a really fun, competitive six-game series. I hope it's not a sweep. But it could be. There's there's just that fear. Yeah. There. I mean, it's a warrior sweep is on the table. But I I really do. I really think it's going to be competitive. I hope so. You know, the Cavaliers are the defending champions. They were competitive right. in the first time, the first series, the first final they were in, without Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving and Kevin Love. At least they were competitive. Mm-hmm. LeBron James and Matthew Dellavedova took care of business, or tried to, until they got tired. But uh, that's what it's going to take, though, to keep it from yeah. becoming a and the And the other thing is, it, is Kyrie and Kevin Love have to stay healthy, um, this is, you know, knock on wood, both of them are having amongst the healthiest seasons, you know, if not the healthiest, then one of the healthiest seasons of their career. Um, and the games aren't over. There's still time for them to get hurt. And I, I hope they don't. Um, but these are notoriously injury-prone players. Um you know, Kevin Love got hurt, but at least he managed to time his so that it was the regular season this right. year. Um, Kyrie, Kyrie has been. I mean, this is his healthiest season since he was in middle school. Like, right? Yeah. I I I'm nervous that that they're able to stay healthy because if one of them goes down, I don't think the Cavs are deep enough to recover. I think Darren Williams might surprise you. He wants that ring, dude. Yeah. He, he and can't I mean, do it on his own, but with, well, here's the thing. Even with Kyrie Irving out, you can't write the Cavs off because they still have LeBron. They still have a couple of those veterans in there and things can happen. Yeah. LeBron can just take over himself. There's no one that can one-on-one stop LeBron James or for that matter, Kyrie Irving. But in defense, be... in defense of Deron Williams, as you you know, because you said I might be underestimating him. It was, you know, four or five years ago we yeah, were yeah, talking yeah. about whether it was him or CP3 that was the best C, best point guard in the league, and then he goes he he goes to the Nets, and he wasn't putting his all into that team. That those teams weren't. Um, he, you know, he didn't look like himself, but it doesn't. It didn't look like he was trying as hard as he had been as a member of the Jazz. Um, it, you know, now he's back in a situation where he's internally motivated enough. Um, you know, he's focused enough that he's not that old. He's only what thirty, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you 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 might be onto something that I might be underselling. Um, he will. I think that he's going to play really well. You know, he hasn't played well since he left Turkey. Remember when the lockout and he went to Turkey? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's not a good place to be. But then here's my Greek showing again. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the Thompsons, Tristan Thompson and Clay Thompson, are going to be the wild cards in this series. I, I yes, just have this that, feeling. Clay Thompson has is, is been sulking all season. He may not act like it. He's still getting the same shots, It's not, but they're not the same looks. And he's probably wanting to put on a show himself because 
remember last, you know, it was the Splash Brothers, and now nobody talks about the Splash Brothers anymore. They talk about Mr. Unreliable and Steph Curry. They don't talk about Clay anymore. And they talk about Draymond and his technicals and his podcasts and all the crazy stuff he says. They don't ever talk about Clay, and I bet you Clay is probably starting to feel it. I know they're a team, and I know they, they like their little family thing, but at the end of the day, he's got to be one to put on a show. I think I think you're onto something there. I think whichever Thompson we're hearing more about is a good sign for that team. If we're hearing a lot about Clay, that's a really good sign for the Warriors. If we're hearing a lot about Tristan, it's a really good sign for the Cavs. I would think so too. You know, um, the MVP odds. Listen to this: Curry plus two ten, Durant plus two ten, LeBron James plus two sixty. Draymond Green plus 550. And then we've got our superstar, Kyrie Irving, plus 1600. Even the Vegas people don't think he's a superstar. And Kevin Love, plus 3300. <laughs> Vegas, expects, Vegas expects uh, the Warriors to smash them is what they expect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, think I don't so. blame them. I don't blame them either. You know what? There's going to be a lot of – well, you saw on my thread. There's a lot of Cleveland Cavalier fans that may not – always be the most realistic folks and why should they be that's what that's what part of the fun of being a fan is for goodness sakes but it's entertaining mm -hmm. from this standpoint you know to sit back and yeah. watch it because some of the things that we see are just, in here are just illogical i mean i just read something today about the three keys to the Cavs winning and it had nothing to do with basketball it's weird i mean it's just strange everybody's become an expert all of a sudden but the thing LeBron is James wakes up LeBron James gets on the bus. LeBron James shows up to the game. If if the Cavs lose, are those the three keys to the Cavs yeah, winning? Pretty much, yeah. If if the Cavs lose, does that uh, stop the Jordan talk? Does that stop the the conversation of who's the greatest? If the Cavs lose, I'm, it shouldn't. Um, I'm not great at predicting necessarily how the you know pop culture will take. We'll take the conversation. It shouldn't. LeBron James, I think, has earned consideration with Michael Jordan and Bill Russell as the best players of all time. Um, I, I don't think that it should be just one or just two of those guys. And, um, you know, the, I'm not swayed by the argument that Jordan didn't lose in the NBA Finals. Um, and, you know, LeBron has a losing record in the NBA Finals. So, uh, why are we punishing LeBron James for getting there? And why are we rewarding Michael Jordan for losing earlier in the playoffs? You know, stuff like that strikes me as kind of silly. Um, the run of dominance we are seeing from LeBron James, seven consecutive finals appearances. With three uh, different teams. Yeah, with three different teams. Two um, different Cavs teams and, and one Miami Heat team. And on some of those teams, they were bad. <laughs> some of those teams were really bad. Hey, that um, team he took to play the Spurs, and that's the one I'm referring to okay, outside of those seven, so he's actually been to more. That was an awful yeah. basketball team. And wasn't it coached and, by Mike Brown? Yeah, I yeah, the the Mike Brown angle is kind of a hilarious piece of all of this. Um that people are kind of acknowledging but not getting a ton of a ton of play. Um I and I don't know that I don't know 
it's almost like we don't. I don't know whether Tyron Lue is a good coach or a bad coach because he's not the coach. I don't know if Mike Brown is a good coach or a bad coach because how do you screw up with the Warriors? Um, and he hasn't screwed up. Good job. Um, well, <laughs> you know, press button one and then press button two. He pressed that's button what it one. Is. And pressed, you know, but that's I'm, a nice luxury to have, though. I'm jealous. Yeah, I, I would. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, but he was not a particularly impressive coach when he had LeBron and when he had the Cavs. Um, and if we're if we instead of looking at LeBron's run in the finals, we look at LeBron's run of making it to the Eastern Conference Championship. Um, I mean, he's missed that maybe like once in his career or something. Right, so, yeah, it's like, kind of wild. Like it's that, something yeah. absurd. Um, and some of these teams are bad. The last Cavs team before he left the Cavs was atrocious. The the team that lost to the Celtics before he, uh, you know, in, in the spring of 2010 before he went to Miami, that team was just terrible. And and he got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. He, you know, won a couple of games. Um, he... He deserves consideration with Jordan, and I don't care if you have him above or below Jordan. It doesn't bother me any, either way. Yeah, that's a barroom argument there. I still think, me personally, since I've seen both of them in their entire careers, I still think Michael Jordan was better. More fiercer of a competitor, I would think. But you can't take away what LeBron James has done. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, they had their superstar Kyrie Irving, but they were still a lottery team. And okay, he was young, but he still was he was the rookie of the year, and they still were a lottery team. And LeBron comes in, and they go to the finals. And mm-hmm. when he came there the first time, the same thing. The Miami Heat were a first, second round playoff team at best. He mm-hmm. shows up, and they go to four consecutive finals. So what do you say about that? You know yeah. that that has to say something about him. And he, yeah. no matter where he goes, he's the best player because he is the best player. Forget about that MVP vote. That's a whole bunch of fooey anyway. Well, the I, NBA, the, the MVP is a regular season award, and he is not a regular season player. His goal is championships. His goal is rings, and he doesn't he doesn't try to be the MVP. Um, if if LeBron James wanted to be the MVP, he would be the MVP every season. But of he's course saving his energy for the for the playoffs and i don't have a problem with him doing that um but i i i don't think that he has been robbed of mvps you know maybe there's one or two along the way that he he should have got and came in second or second or third but he's not going to win this year and he shouldn't and i would i still think he's the best player in the league but he didn't have a better regular season than Russell Westbrook or James Harden. He he just didn't. Nope. Or Isaiah Thomas, for that matter. I would put him above Isaiah Thomas on my. If I had a ballot, I would I would have Isaiah Thomas as five. Um, I and, had and I had that was one two three four five. Kawhi Leonard winning, and after that, I said, you know what, LeBron James would probably because after the playoffs when Kawhi got hurt, I realized how much he meant to that team too. I tell you something, I hope the NBA stays out of this one, and I hope they let the players decide. I don't want to see any of these suspensions because somebody was crying. I don't want to see any of those things. I just want to see a good series. I think it, the yeah. NBA needs it. The fans deserve it. 
And I think if they they had lost a lot of credibility last year in some people's eyes when that freak suspension of Draymond Green happened. And I hope none of that happens because the NBA is a great game on its own. It doesn't need any help, or the finals for that matter, are going to be fantastic. And Adam Silver can butt the F out, I hope. I, I agree. I hope it's settled on the court. And then and I hope it's competitive. Me too. Me too, and I hope that Kyrie Irving hits the winning shot again so we can have this argument again next year, Alex. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Alex Reclean. You can find him over at Rotowire. Believe it or not, he's actually employed as an NBA analyst. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Phil Nason Show. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, My sister thanks you, and I thank you.